their Facebook pages is Anna Beden Music. Okay, so text messages. This one coming through says, What amazing talent. The Sunflower song is in my top ten. And Robbie Morgan continues to astound me with his talents. Dude, uh, there is heaps of love for the Sunflower song, actually. Yes. Like everyone, dude, we have people texting on your line, on Shell's line. We have, dude, it was actually Neville Peter when we interviewed him. He was like, dude, my favorite song on the project is the Sunflower song. And of course, we told Janine that and she was like fangirling. Like I was getting to talk to Neville Peter. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, dude, awesome stuff. Okay. Uh, next one just simply says, uh, thanks for some amazing interviews this morning. So uh, we're glad that you were blessed. Then to more serious subjects, uh, we were talking about sex workers earlier on. In 2012, there were 42 million sex workers in the world. Are you serious? We can only guess how many in 2021. So that's like 11 years later. Mm. Sad world that we live in. And, you, and you'd have to think as well, and this is just the unfortunate reality, like the amount of them that are both human trafficked. Yes, so they, it's against enslaved, way, enslaved, and underaged. <sighs> Yikes! I wonder how they come to that figure. And you know what? Like, I, I can, and I will say this as well. Like in the West, with the emergence of, and this is something that I don't, I don't think we've directly addressed on our show, but just with the emergence of uh, online sex work. Uh, yes. particularly like OnlyFans and all it's this exploded. stuff. It's exploded. And these people, like in this lifestyle, is glorified because it's a it's a quick and easy way to make money in the present. And it's like, I actually, I, unf- you know, I personally know people who I went to school with who mm-hmm. have engaged now in online sex work. And oh, man, I just, my heart just breaks for them, mm. honestly. And, and especially knowing their stories as well. Like one girl, friend, like a girl I know from Newcastle, like f- her story is 100% like she was abused as a kid and has gone into sex work. And it's just like, oh, it just breaks my heart. I'm like, man, you, these people need God. We need to pray for these people. Yeah, Definitely. we certainly do. They are victims. We certainly do. We need mm. to, we need to, um, we need to pray for them. We, we should not be, you know, uh, shaming them or stigmatizing mm. them. We should be there for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Bunch of text messages. Where do we start here? Oh, they're just coming through left, right, and center. <laughs> Let's go, people. Come on. Uh, That's so awesome. Da, 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 da. Love the I Am Pilgrim song. Mm. Oh, another vote for the Pilgrim song. Wow. Two votes for the Pilgrim song. So, <laughs> oh, This is a competition now. <laughs> yeah. Which was, your, which was your favorite one out of uh, all of the ones that we listened to this morning? Mm. Sunflower song, Pilgrim song, people loving the, uh, loving the music. It's so good. Oh, and through. guys, remember, you can win this album. By getting the quiz correct. So please, 0491-064-669. If you know the answer, get in. We will give you this album. First one to the phones. Okay, so there's another one here. Long text message. I don't think we have to wait eight years to realise the horrible consequences to the world due to COVID-19 (laughs) pandemic. I'll stop there and say this. We can see a lot of horrible effects on our world right now. I think we will see a lot more when we look back on it. Mm -hmm. That's, That's my point. I'm not denying that we can see a lot now. I think we will see a lot more when we look back on it. You know, because when you can when you can research something from the standpoint of history, there is all kinds of things that come to light that were not there in were not visible in the mm. present. My thoughts are are we going to see any positives out of the COVID-19 
action plans. Oh, we're already seeing some positives coming mm. out of it. Yeah. That's, well, that's the ruralization of Australia is a massive posit- positive. People are moving out of the cities and into the country. Mm-hmm. They are moving out of, you know, vertical filing cabinets, the uh, human filing cabinets. The 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 price of apartments has actually gone down. It's the only piece of real estate that has actually gone down. Wow, and that's a good thing mm. because that's a terrible environment in which to live. That is not healthy for a human being. Mm. So you know, we need to look for the positives. Hundred percent. But at the same time, one of the things that I see coming out of this is that when you see these massive mental health impacts that it's having, and I'm just sort of sitting back and thinking, why is why is that so? You know, COVID COVID hasn't affected my mental health badly. And the difference is this. I'm part of a church community. Mm. There are a lot of people out there who are not a part of any kind of community. Mm. And if you're not part of a church community, if you don't have a squad, if you're not part of a, you know, an organization that is there to look out for you and to care for you, then you're very much isolated during lockdown. Mm. And from that perspective, it's not something I've ever experienced why people really, you know, suffer so badly from depression as a result of uh, the lockdowns. Mm. Okay, it continues on here. Uh, there is no guarantee that the vaccine will stop you from getting the virus. While the virus is very real, the fear factor is being used to control us. The Lord is coming very soon. Amen. Um, and this, once again, is, you know, the best of the vaccines. They're, they're hoping have a 90% effectiveness. Uh, so that's not something that anybody's denying right now. Mm. Um, interesting to see we just dropped the... Uh, I think I saw a story there. We just dropped the AstraZeneca one here in Australia. Um, let's see where this story goes. Mm. Definitely. There is so much more to learn from uh, what is happening in our world right now. Anyway, those are all of our text messages. You guys are just alive this morning. Keep sending them through. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> We've got a great Bible study. I'm hoping that somebody will text in about our Bible study and have something to share or give us a call. Uh, we've got some great callers who call us uh, fairly regularly in relationship to what we're studying on the Bible. Uh, we are talking about the covenant and mission today. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Let's go to the Bible study. Okay. All right. Bible study time. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Matthew, oh man, sorry, I was just thinking about God. What, what was the chapter again? Matthew 28, 28. verse 19. Oh, Go ye therefore and yeah. make disciples. Why, why, why are you turning pages in the Bible? <laughs> let, no, let me You're going to struggle reading this. Let me, let's, let's read it. Uh, it's 19 and 20. NLT. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Oh, I like it. Mm. Good no, this, is really, this is really good. I like that one. I was thinking... I was thinking this is going to butcher it, but it doesn't came through strong. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, we're going to talk about New Covenant and mission today. Oh, yes. Um, there's a note here in our Bible study, and it states that all people, all over the world, people often struggle with what the South African writer Lawrence Vanderpost called the burden of meaninglessness. Mm. Now, this is something that people either don't struggle with because they've found God, 
they do struggle with because they haven't found God or they don't struggle with because they refuse to think about it. That's pretty much the only mm. three options that you've got in relationship to the meaningless. People find themselves with the gift of life, yet they do not know what to do with it, do not know what the purpose of this gift is, and do not know how to use it. It's like giving someone a library filled with rare books, only to have the person not read the books but use them to build fires. What a terrible waste of something so precious. Mm. And this is where, as Christians, we have something to offer. Mm. Because the Bible reveals to you what the meaning of life is, and the Bible gives us the opportunity of being able to share with the rest of the world what the meaning of life really is. Mm. And the Bible commissions us to do so. Okay, so let's look at it over in uh, Revelation chapter 4. I am going to read this one from the KJV. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. Here you have the meaning of life here. It's just a great verse. Okay, I can memorize this one too. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. Okay, let's stop here for a moment. The Bible says that God has created all things and they were created for God's pleasure. Mm. How do you get pleasure from a person? Uh, spending time with them. Exactly, through a relationship. Mm. It's that simple. You don't get pleasure from a person. I mean, hey, I don't know. Have you ever been to a wax museum? Yeah. I never have. I, I've been to a wax museum and it's weird. I don't get how, it. How long could you spend there? I've literally like 10 minutes, I think, just looking and saying like, you, you go to each like statue of a famous person, you're like, wow, that looks similar. And then you go to the next statue and it's like, wow, that looks Really similar. And then you go to the next section, you're like, oh, that one's a little bit off. And then you go to the next section, you're like, wow, that's really similar. And then you're done. And then you leave. <laughs> that's what I've always imagined a wax museum would be like, which is why I've never gone. Now, some mm. people are going to be super offended because they're like, oh, no, we love wax museums. But even if you are a lover of wax museums, seriously, how long can you spend there compared to how much time can you spend with your best friend? Mm. Compare the two. What is the difference? The difference is one is that you are looking at something that someone has created. The other, you are interacting, you have a relationship with something that someone has created. Mm. When the Bible says that God created us for his pleasure, he did not create us as a wax museum. Mm. He created us for a relationship. Mm. That is the reason that we exist. The reason that we exist is so that we can have a relationship with God, Mm. a connection with the divine. Mm. God wants to live with us. He wants us to live with him. He wants us to be a part of his family. Mm. How valuable to you is your family in comparison to your local wax museum? Oh, gee, let's burn it down and make a good fire. Exactly. It's made out of wax. Exactly. Nobody's going to, <laughs> nobody is going to grieve too much if your local wax museum burns down, but you lose a close member of your family wow. and you go through a whole grieving process. Yeah. And there is always a hole in your life mm. that, that nothing ever replaces. This is why we exist as human beings. This is why Jesus gave his life for us. You know, we, we often ask the question, you know, well, we make the statement, you know, we ask the question, make the statement, you know, why did Jesus die for us? He died for our salvation. Christians say that. And they kind of say it without thinking. Let me share with you why Jesus died. He died for your friendship. 
Well, that's it. Mm. No other reason. That's why Jesus died. And, of course, to have your friendship, you have to be saved. Mm. Jesus looked at you. He created you and he said, I want to spend eternity with you. Mm. That's what Jesus said. And because Jesus said that, he's like, I will die for you. You know, it's kind of like it's one of those interesting things. You know, um, we 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 talk about Adam and Eve. What if uh, what if Adam had never sinned? Mm. What would have happened? Well, the answer is quite simple. Jesus would still have been born, and would still have died for Eve, mm. because that's the nature of God. Yeah. That's the value that God places on human life. He doesn't want to lose. A single one. Yeah, wow. Yeah, fantastic stuff. You know, I just want to make this quick comment. I think it's even even more interesting, like, as you said before, he's not just our saviour, but he's our friend. He is intensely interested as in us as individuals, in our thoughts, in our feelings, in our... You know, just like, uh, for example, you go to a max, wax museum, there's no interaction, it's like, meh, you move on. But, you know, how how long can you spend listening to someone's music? Or, you know, or analyze, you know, reading someone's book, analyzing their thoughts, you know, because there's that level of interaction there with their thoughts and their ideas. They've, they've put pen to paper and you get to experience that. And I feel like, again, this is the same thing with God is that he doesn't just have this relationship with us that he died for us and then dipped. Like he's not, he's, he's disinterested and he's like, oh, look, you know, I died for you. I did my thing. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to bounce. No, but he is intensely interested in every part of our lives. You know what's a perfect symbol for that? The Sabbath. Uh, <laughs> like he, yes. he wants to spend time. You know, we're, it's we're all about it time. Today, but he wants to spend time with us. But in every single sense, that he loves us. He. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Mm-hmm. Okay, All right. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. We'll go back there and talk some more about this. We've been talking about the meaning of <sighs> yeah. life, which is just so important. Oh, mm. One of the things that you brought up right at the end there, Lawson, when you talked about the Sabbath. Mm. Think about the fact that God gave us one day in seven, mm-hmm. an entire day in seven for relationships. Yeah, wow. To focus on relationship, relationship with God, relationship with family. Mm. The Sabbath is all about family and God. That's what it is all about. Mm. You know, this is the this is the level of emphasis that God places on that. And what do we do as human beings? We work seven days a week. Mm. We 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 cut ourselves off from church. Like, oh, you know, too many too many hypocrites at church. Not going to be at church. You know, seriously, we cut ourselves off from all of the opportunities that God has given us to have relationships with families, relationships with each other, relationships with. Um, yeah with with, yeah, with 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 God, it's all about it's all about love. And isn't that like the the question there? It's like, oh, is church about you and other people, and you know, trying to oh, you know, what can I get from it, or is, or is it just about having an experience with God? Like, why 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 are you trying to spend time with Him? People come to me sometimes like I don't go to church because I don't get fed. Well, Matthew twenty eight verse nineteen and twenty. Mm. You don't go to church to be fed. You go to church to feed. Wow. If you're going to church to be fed, you're going to hate church. <laughs> yeah. 
You, because you're oh, going to become 100%. dissatisfied. You're going to bounce from one church to another. You're going to float around all over the place. You're never going to be happy. You'll, you'll find one pastor is like, oh, okay, this is cool. I'm being fed here. And then he'll get moved and it won't be the same anymore. No. Yeah. Mm. Our purpose to go to church is exactly what it says in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. And that is there to minister to others and to feed. It's a little bit like a marriage relationship. Mm. How, how long is a marriage relationship going to last if you're in that relationship for what you can get out of it? Mm. And you're asking the question, are my needs being met? Yeah. If you're constantly asking the question, are my needs being met in this relationship, then that relationship, will, that's not a relationship. Mm. The one and only question that you should be asking is, am I meeting the needs of my partner? Wow. Mm. And if you're constantly asking that question and your partner is constantly asking that question, that's how a marriage relationship actually works. Mm. It can't be based on selfishness. Selfishness is not love. It doesn't work. We've gone down a whole bunch of different rabbit holes here this yeah. morning, haven't we? <laughs> marriage, the Sabbath. Yeah, let's, let's, no, let's talk about stuff. it. Let's talk about it. Okay, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Uh, let's um, just give us verse 19. No, no, give us verse 18. Oh, dude, yeah. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Yes. My translation says, all power is given unto me. Mm. Go you therefore. Mm. Okay, so the great commission that is given in Matthew chapter 24 is predicated upon what Jesus has just said, where he says, all power is given unto me. So what is the relevance between all power being given unto Jesus and his following statement where he says, go therefore? Yeah, well, the reality is is that like the work that he's giving the disciples to do here, to go out and change the world, to change the hearts of people, is literally impossible for man to do. Yes. It's it's impossible to do. It's a, it's impossible to sustain in it of yourself. Yes. Uh, it is just like difficult. It's yes. difficult. But the th- the reality is is that it's difficult when you're doing it without God. That's it's right. even difficult when you're doing it with God. Like, just read Paul's life story. <laughs> like, like, just read about all the times where he's beaten up and thrown in jail and almost killed. Life of sacrifice. And, but the reality is is that, yeah, it, the reason he, like, predicates um, the idea of going out and doing mission with all of, all power to be giving to him is because the basis for being successful at mission is going with Jesus' power. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, 100%. Okay, so... Jesus makes this statement, all power is given unto me, go you therefore. The implication there, very powerful implication, is that I have the power, therefore you go because I will give you the power. Mm. Therefore all of, you know, there's a a famous saying, all of God's biddings are enablings. Mm. So if God bids you, which is Old English for asks you or calls you to do something, he also enables you to do it. He does not call you without giving you the ability. Yeah, there's actually there's a modern version of that. God doesn't uh, call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yes. And it's just this whole idea. And, and I, I believe we probably both experienced this, Lyle. Like, Very much we so. We can reflect on ourselves and be like, okay, how, how qualified are we at uh, changing the hearts of people and being a representation of Jesus in the world? Not, like and not, you're shaving, not, you're shaking your head. Not at I'm all. shaking my head, like because we know, we know, we know who we are. Like we're honest with ourselves, and we're like, no, we are complete and utter failures. I've often said that soul winning is a spectator exercise. Mm. You always feel like a spectator when you are engaged in soul winning, and somebody gives their life to God because you know, as somebody who goes out and does evangelism and gives Bible studies and you know does the work kind of work that you and I do, 
we always want to have that feeling of accomplishment like, yes, I went out and I won someone to the Lord. Mm. I have never had that feeling. Mm. I've seen lots yeah. of people give their lives to yeah, Jesus wow. as a result of my ministry, but I've never had that feeling of I won someone to God. Yeah, I've always had that feeling like, wow, that person just gave their life to God. That's amazing. Mm. It's like kind of like I'm a spectator. I'm standing on the outside because I can't do it. You almost ask. I can't convert a person. You're asking the question like, how? How did that person listen yes. to the yes the garbage did, that I said? How did that just happen? <laughs> it's oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Fantastic stuff. The Bible says, "Go ye therefore and make disciples." What is a disciple? A follower of Jesus. A follower. Mm. That's right. So, uh, in my translation, I think it says, "Teach them." Mm. And uh, this, of course, comes before baptism. So teach them to be a disciple of Jesus, teach them to be a follower of Jesus, and then baptize them. Yeah, that's ultimately like the the two um, qualifiers it gives for discipleship is because uh, it says go out and you know make disciples, teaching them to obey all commands that I've given you, and to be baptized and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's yeah, teach like be, learning the the you know the doctrines of Jesus applying them to your life, and then being baptized. Yes. That is like the A1, follower of God, like yep. disciple of Jesus. That That is the, the that is your resume, essentially. That's right. Mm. That's it, right there. The prerequisites. The prerequisites. <clears throat> Absolutely. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have. What does it say next? Whatsoever oh, I'm, I've I'm, commanded I'm, you. Yeah, commanded you. Yeah, yeah. I've like, got KJV like, oh, in my head. <laughs> Okay, and so the Bible comes to the commandments of Jesus. Mm. And the commandments of Jesus are the same as all of the commandments of the Bible. Jesus didn't change any of the commandments. He says, you know, till heaven and earth pass, none of the commandments will pass away. And ultimately, like the Bible closes the whole statement off and it's like, oh, and while you're doing this, I'll be with you even to the end of the age. Yes. It, it begins with, all power is given to me. It ends with, I will never leave you. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Absolutely. All right, Lyle, it's time for... Question of the day. Okay, Lyle, today our question of the day is very related to what we were studying in our Bible study, uh, which is essentially, you know, we have this call from God to go out and to do ministry, you know, to be his ministers, to go out and make disciples, all these different things. But what if, you know, you feel as though... You're not worthy. You're not close enough to God. You don't know your Bible enough. Maybe you're too new. What, what is? I what find people that have been in church their entire life who have this feeling or impression about themselves, and it has completely stymied them as a Christian. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple of examples here. First of all, uh, this one comes from John chapter 1, where the Bible says, uh, verse 43, the following day, Jesus would go into Galilee and finds Philip and said to him, follow me. Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael, this is like the next day, and said to him, We have found of, found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said, Come and see. So here you've got somebody who's been with Jesus for like a day. Mm. Maybe a little bit more, but not much more. Mm. He's been with Jesus a very short space of time. He goes to Nathanael and he's like, we found the Messiah. Ah, Philip is a more easily convinced person. Nathanael's like, okay, who's this? Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathanael's like, Nazareth? Seriously? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Mm. And Philip says, come and see. 
I love how he doesn't even give him a Bible study either. He's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Moses talked about him. Doesn't, get, doesn't, doesn't go into a Bible study, doesn't go into any defense, does not defend Jesus. He just says, come and see. Mm. And you can do that. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do that. You as an individual, you can do that today. You can talk about Jesus. You can say, Jesus is amazing. And when they say, why, you say, come and see. Mm. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Just try it out. Don't argue with them. Just try it out. So there's one example. Here's another example, and that is the example of the woman at the well. Mm. So let's think about the woman at the well. She has a relatively short conversation with Jesus. She spends less time with Jesus than what Philip did. Mm. And having spent, well, the conversation that is recorded is all of about five minutes long. There may and probably was more to it than just that short story. But having spent that short time with Jesus, she goes back to her town and she tells every single person in the town that she's found the Messiah. Mm. Every single person. And tells them, come and meet the guy. Don't take it on my word, just come and meet the guy. And that is what we have been called to do. Just come and meet Jesus. Mm. That's it. That's all that needs to take place. And so... Sometimes I think that we get, you know, we see some great evangelist and we're like, oh, I could never do that. And so we do nothing. God doesn't ask us to be great evangelists. God asks us to just do simple, simple things. Think about the demoniacs. They're on the beach. They're in Decapolis. They're healed. And then they become missionaries for the next however many years. Mm. The whole region is converted as a result of what they do. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.